This is Amazing Things. I'm Adam Belmar. Kidney disease is a silent killer. The condition has no symptoms and can go undetected until it's quite advanced. And every year, 120,000 Americans are newly diagnosed. As for treatment options, they haven't changed in decades. Option one, dialysis. Option two, kidney transplant. But there's an amazing new treatment option in development, the bio-artificial kidney. We'll get the details after this. The Amazing Things Podcast is presented by United for Medical Research. Because America's investment in medical research through the National Institutes of Health is making amazing things possible. Learn more at unitedformedicalresearch.com. Vanderbilt University professor Dr. William Fizell has spent the better part of the last two decades funded by NIH and working with fellow bioengineer Dr. Shuvo Roy of the University of California, San Francisco to create an implantable bioartificial kidney, a device miniaturized by nanotechnology and powered by the human heart. So those are two fundamentally enabling steps that let us consider making an implantable artificial kidney that could be sewn inside the patient's body the same way a transplant organ is sewn inside the patient's body and liberate the patient from needing to go to the dialysis clinic every other day. But also, because this operates around the clock continuously, like your own kidneys do, saves you from this so-called cedar point effect or six flags roller coaster effect where waste products accumulate slowly over a couple of days and then they're washed out in the period of a couple of hours and then they accumulate again. That's very difficult for patients to handle. This would work around the clock just like your kidneys do. So you never get too food overloaded, you never get too dry, you never get too intoxicated with waste products, you never have dangerous shifts in your body's electrolytes as the dialysis machine cleans your body. That's the goal of this and that's the hope that we have, that a simple shift in the underlying technology toolkit will suddenly open the doors to this innovation that will let us make this holy grail of an implantable artificial kidney for patients with renal failure. So let's talk about the structure of the implanted artificial kidney. Your kidney has two fundamental components. It has a filter actually has a million filters, and it has this structure that processes the ultrafiltrate and keeps what you need and disposes of what you don't need. Our implantable artificial kidney, inspired by nature, has the exact same division of labor. We use the silicon nanotechnology to make the filters. We use the silicon nanotechnology to make the filters because you can't grow the filters in a dish right now. Those cells don't grow easily in a laboratory dish, and they're very fragile. They're damaged in a lot of kidney diseases. However, the other side of the equation, this part of the kidney called the tubule that processes the ultrafiltrate and concentrates the toxins in your blood down into that couple liters of urine that you make every day, those cells do grow in a lab dish. They grow and they divide and they expand. So we can use them exactly as your body uses them to sort out out of this mishmash of chemicals that are filtered by our silicon filters, which ones to excrete and which ones to hang on to. And we need to use cells to do this because we don't have the science knowledge to be able to pick and choose this chemical we keep, this chemical we throw away. We've been dialyzing patients for 60 years, 70 years, but still the molecular basis of getting sick from kidney failure isn't really completely described. I don't have a list of which chemicals have been naughty and which chemicals have been nice. But your tubule cells evolved to make that choice. So let's use them in our artificial kidney rather than waiting for the science knowledge to develop. There's no argument that the best treatment for kidney failure is a new kidney. 
Dr. Frizzell's the first to admit that organ transplantation provides a better quality of life, longer survival, and believe it or not, costs less than any other treatment. But that's limited by scarcity of donor organs. And in the United States, there's really only about 20 to 22,000 kidney transplants each year. Contrast that with the 100 and 120,000 new patients with new end-stage renal disease and all the patients from prior years who've got renal failure who are on dialysis. So right now we have well over a half a million patients in the United States who need to report to a dialysis clinic three times a week or they die. The dollar costs associated with caring for kidney patients are staggering. The CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, pay out somewhere in the range of $35 billion a year to care for patients with end-stage renal disease. That's an interesting number because that's larger than the entire budget of the entire National Institutes of Health, which is around $32 billion a year. So we spend more money on dialysis care in the United States every year than we spend on all medical research by the NIH combined. Bringing down the enormous cost of caring for patients with renal disease will be a terrific benefit of the bio-artificial kidney, but not the only one. About 8% of patients on dialysis in the United States work. It's really hard for an employer to accommodate a dialysis patient. If we can move patients off of thrice-weekly dialysis and let them get their quality of life back, not only have you cut costs, but they're contributing to the U.S. economy again because they're able to work. And believe me, they want to work. They want to contribute. They want to live. That's the big offering. But patients can become who they want to be again. That's the gift of transplant, and that's what we're trying to accomplish with our device. The accomplishments of Dr. Fazell, Dr. Roy, and their team are truly amazing. But none of it would have been possible without the long-term support of the National Institutes of Health. We have been incredibly fortunate to have sustained federal funding from the National Institutes of Health for this project since I came out of fellowship in the early 2000s. I received a career development award that allowed me to work on this project for five years with my salary funded by the National Institutes of Health. And when the National Institutes for Biomedical Imaging and Bioengineering dedicated funding to high-risk, high-gain projects that could change patient care within the lifetime of the patient, Dr. Fazell and Dr. Roy found their bio-artificial kidney supported once again. Dr. Roderick Pettigrew, the director of the NIBIB, recognized that there were areas in healthcare where progress seemed to be stagnating and there was the hope that there could be a technology solution to the problem. He and the rest of the NIBIB launched this competition to fund development rather than scientific hypothesis testing. And that got us the burst of funding that allowed us to really complete the feasibility studies that, in fact, these silicon membranes were not just an interesting abstract idea, but they could be manufactured, they could be robust, they could withstand implantation in the body. Those fundamental questions got answered thanks to the funding from the NIBIB. I would not have a career at all today in research if it were not for the visionary behavior at the NIBIB that has funded my career since 2002. The Amazing Things Podcast is presented by United for Medical Research because America's investment in medical research through the National Institutes of Health is making amazing things possible. Learn more at unitedformedicalresearch.com.